Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are powerful. You're a warrior who bathes in your enemy's tears. Then you step out of that refreshing tear bath and into a bathrobe that somehow looks good on you. Yeah, you can pull off a robe. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you save money for driving safely with Snapshot from Progressive. Mmm, savings you can use to buy more robes. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. guys, it's time for this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. And Kunal, this finally seems normal, you know, you letting me start the podcast like I always do. Well, you never know, I might just get the jump on you in the next episode. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. You remember, I also have to mirror the same start <laughs> as everyone else, right? But ladies and gentlemen, you guys should know that we actually have a five lights illuminate sort of a mechanism in the Inside Line F1 podcast studios to indicate when we are actually going live. Exciting and Kunal, more exciting is the fact that there are just a few more days to go for Bahrain. And what I'm really eager to see is whether the new Valtteri Bottas will turn up or not. Well, what I am really eager to see is what Ferrari are able to do. You know, they've been saying that their issues have been sorted. Helmut Marko said that they've had cooling problems. And then like pretty much every time Ferrari is slow, there are all these conspiracy theories doing the rounds in the paddock. So for 2019 to be a fun season, we need Ferrari to take the fight to Mercedes. And of course, Red Bull Racing and Honda wish to be in the fight too. Let's just hope that Australia wasn't a one-off for them. Robert Kubica, Daniel Ricciardo, Carlos Sainz Jr., Pierre Gasly and a lot of these drivers are yet you know, technically yet to start their season. So let's see how their fortunes run in Bahrain. McLaren, what can they do? Kunal, I just think asking the question is the best way to state everyone's expectations from them in Bahrain. And finally, what will be the reactions to the planned and proposed changes for the 2021 Formula 1 season? We know that the FIA Formula 1 and the teams met a couple of days ago. But there's actually no official news out yet, apart from the fact that Bernie Ecclestone has confirmed two things. He said that the budget cap is necessary and it's important that, you know, the capitalist Bernie Ecclestone actually says this because it's something that the sport needs. But more importantly, the second point is that he said that a breakaway series isn't in the offing. Thank heavens. Thank heavens. And guys, in this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast, there's so much to look forward to. We're going to start by looking forward to the Bahrain Grand Prix. And there's also Lucien's Moments in Time section later on in the show. Please stay tuned. The food fruit names of Formula 1 drivers. We've absolutely loved this in the last week. We relive some of our favourites. And of course, the big story of the week is Fernando Alonso testing Toyota's Dakar Rally car. We talk about the various endless possibilities of being Fernando Alonso in the world of motorsport. Ladies and gentlemen, please remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, on Audioboom, on Google Podcasts for your weekly dose of Formula One humor. And whatever platform you're listening to, to us on, please remember to rate and review us because it goes a long way in getting us better listings and more sponsors and even more 
listeners. Kunal, I feel like an Uber driver asking all our listeners for five-star ratings. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kunal, I have been loving the formula of food jokes that have been doing the rounds for drivers. This, of course, started when Hamilton published a picture of himself and Ricardo and captioned it, Ham Avocado is hilarious. <laughs> and I just love the fan content that has come out hence. You know, Pear Gasly, Lance Spring Roll. Well, my favorite has been Fernando Alfonso. You know, and there's a lot about Alonso that we're going to talk about later on in the show. So stay tuned, guys. And then there's Charles Eclair. And this reminds me, thank you to Mr. Valade for pointing out Charles Leclerc's correct pronunciation is Charles Leclerc. And I don't think I'm ever going to get that in my memory just yet. So it's this time we move on. Yeah, and one of our favorite listeners, Gunjan, sent us Valtteri Brotas. Uh, Brot being bread in German. I hope I pronounced that right. And then, of course, Choco Perez. Kimi Heineken. Kimi was actually a front runner to this. Heineken's been around forever, right? Kimi Heineken. Yeah, I mean, actually, it's Kiwi Raikkonen that was a front runner. <laughs> no, just, that, just that your love for beer and Kimi makes you remember Kimi Heineken. I've more seen than it on T-shirts, Kunal. Kimi is, started yeah, this trend. Yeah, yes, you're right, <laughs> but it's it's a brand and it's not a food or a fruit. F- food or a fruit that Kimi started this trend. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, while the Formula Food names have been fun. I tell you all what's not been fun. The Formula 1 drivers being morphed into their female avatars. I mean, whoever did that, please stop. Please channel your creative energy somewhere else. Something more fun, something more like interesting maybe. Yes, those images have been just so creepy. So, you know, we are actually making people hungry and then creeping them out in this week's episode. And Matty, this is actually supposed to be a fun show. I mean, I'm having fun creeping them out. But what the hell? What have you got, <laughs> Kunal? Show well, them what you got. Well, IndyCar raced at the Kota last weekend. And it was some sight. And I don't say this because the cars were incredibly slow. Uh, in comparison to Formula 1, of course. But I say this because of the ridiculous track limits or the no track limits rule that applied to that series. I mean, it was actually even strange to see Felix Rosenquist say that he preferred the relaxed track limits in IndyCar. Yeah, and the other driver from Sweden, Marcus Eriksson, he was criticizing the third DRS zone that has been added to Bahrain. He said that IndyCar didn't need a DRS zone to enable a fight. The cars are just designed to allow closer combat, yeah. Yes, now I know Marcus Eriksson has been my favorite bunny, but I am not going to take him on because... There was one troll who took on Ericsson on Twitter and he actually got trolled very badly in return. So I'm going to watch my words. But, you know... Don't mess with a Viking. (laughs) (laughs) But what Ericsson said is true. You know, we know that this flaw exists in Formula 1 and all our hopes rest towards the 2021 Formula 1 season. It's like our saving grace or whatever we call it. But... There have been few leaked images during the rounds of, you know, what the cars could be, you know, for the 2021 Formula 1 season. It says that the project has been codenamed India and the cars and their heat maps have been shared publicly or leaked publicly. And honestly, it isn't too difficult to decipher why the project is codenamed India because, uh, you know, India is a great economy. It's a great country. There's global optimism on the growth prospects, etc., etc. But... About all of this, the heat maps that have been released are in saffron, white, and green, the tricolor. 
बट गाइज प्लीज डोंट गेट योर होप्स टू हाई स्पेशली ऑल आर लिस्नर्स इन इंडिया दिस डजेंट मीन एनी थिंग फॉर ब्रिंगिंग फॉर्मूला वन बैक टू इंडिया बट स्टिल वी जस्ट गोन लुक फॉरवर्ड टू बार एन फॉर नाउ बट दी ऑस्ट्रेलियन ग्रॉपरी ऑर्गेनाइजर्स दे इशूड अ हेल्थ वार्निंग फॉर ऑल दी अटेंडीज बिकॉज अपेरेंटली अ फैन इन द स्टैंड हैड अ मीजल्स आउटब्रेक आई जस्ट होप एवरी वन ओके You know, it's just so unfortunate. You come to watch your favorite sport, and then you you could just end up contracting a disease. I really hope everyone is fine, but I can probably tell you that this issue will not occur in Bahrain because there are going to be barely any fans in the stands. Goodal. <laughs> okay, I'm being mean, but that's the god honest truth. I remember the last few years under the Ecclestone era, they had planned camera angles very smartly that. you know you almost never saw the stands you only saw the cars racing and they had those close cut angles as they call them but uh, i'm going to move on and uh, now going to talk about the netflix formula 1 show that has generated a lot of interest in the sport like we all know but this time i had a fan ask me where bahrain was on the global map so basically the series is generating interest and awareness for the stakeholders as well isn't that so cool yeah no wonder jean tot said that formula 1 will bring visibility to vietnam uh, but i still don't think that formula 1 can match the visibility that the rambo movies offered vietnam actually <laughs> And I have no idea how you came up with. That. <laughs> By the way, uh, no, we should stop laughing. I read that the stray dogs were being killed in Baku to prepare for the Formula One Grand Prix. That, that just makes me sick, Kunal. Like they should just leave the goddamn dogs alone. Yes, we love dogs. I mean, I can't. I don't know people who don't love dogs apart from the fact that they are scared of dogs. But that doesn't mean they don't love dogs. And you know, this is when I just end up disliking Formula One for. you know when we hear all such kind of stories yeah i think we've just had a few too many moments in this episode when it's time to move on and this is actually one of those moments so let's move on also here's something our friends at reno sent us nico halkenberg finished 7th in australia and he's finished 7th in the opening race of the season four times in the past 5 years that's interesting consistency kunal uh, what would be your bet for the formula 1.5 world champion in 2019 Honestly I would love to see Nico Hulkenberg win because you know he's he's got a really star teammate as we all know in Daniel Ricardo and Haas seems really uh you know they've started the season on on a fast note as we call it but it all depends on the car and engine Renault are able to produce and develop through the season and at the moment it doesn't seem like Renault have the car or the engine to beat Haas Carlos Sainz said that Renault finally have an engine that they should have had 2 years ago and Kunal he meant that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very veiled compliment but I don't know if he meant that you know 2 years ago the engine was slow and it's still slow now or something to that effect <laughs> but Daniel Ricardo has been very smartly referring to Formula 1 uh as a fight of the top 8 cars you know how cool it's like always been top 6 and Ricardo suddenly labeling it as a top 8 and he's trying to state that despite renault's problems in australia they are the fourth fastest car on the grid so let's see what they have in store in bahrain and honestly i would love to see a dose of daniel ricardo magic oh i really hope so kunal i really really hope he gets a great result in bahrain um Zach Brown issued a quit threat for McLaren. Uh, he said that if formula 1 doesn't deliver financially and competition wise for McLaren they would consider leaving Honestly, you know, I just hope that none of the existing teams leave the sport because 
you know, Formula One is still working on adding new teams to the grid in 2021 or whenever. And I just hope nobody ends up leaving the sport. But let me put this in perspective. McLaren are already benefiting from Formula One financially. Okay, they already get the bonus payments, preferred payments as they call it. All they need to do is figure out how to get a competitive car. That's all they need. Okay, but I'm going to move on. Red Bull Racing has said that they want to score their first win with Honda before the summer. And I can tell you what I found more interesting. Uh, Helmut Marco claimed that Pierre Gasly, if he ran a regular race or a normal race in Australia, he could have finished ahead of the Ferraris. And that is bloody interesting. It's interesting to see that for the first time in many weeks, Marco is not having a go at Pierre Gasly. <laughs> By the way, Flavio Briatore believes that Mercedes will be, you know, winning in 2019. And he said that Alonso could have won it for Ferrari in the past couple of seasons. Well, here's the thing about Flavio Briatore. You know, we may not like him too much. Uh, you know, for obvious reasons, but he does have the knack of saying the truth, especially or only when it comes to Fernando Alonso. And But here's what I really wish to ask Flavio Briatori. Is Fernando Alonso going to race the Dakar rally anytime soon? Because if he did so, it would be mighty, awesomely amazing. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Fernando Alonso tested Toyota's Dakar rally Hilux car in South Africa a few hours before we recorded this episode. And dear Fernando, we know you love listening to us. So please, please, please do find the time to compete in the most epic endurance series in the world. Yeah, actually, Fernando Alonso leaving Formula One, uh, it lets us see him enjoying racing in some of the most iconic series in the world. You know, maybe the Triple Crown and a car and just whatever the hell he wants to race in. For all, all we know, Kunal, maybe he's just going to go race in go-karts next. Yeah, why not? You know, Who he's, knows? he's got a go-kart racing team anyway. Yeah, and the fact is that he is a two-times Formula One champion. And he knows that glory in Formula One these days relies so much on luck rather than just talent. And of course, he's made his money over the years. So he's literally going to go out and have fun. And not paying for it and getting paid for it. So it's, <laughs> it's brilliant. So... You know, he's also having fun while he is still winning. And if Alonso wins Dakar, he will be spoken about in the world of motorsport for many, many, many years to come. And I'm sure you guys can feel all the passion with which we are talking about Fernando Alonso racing in the Dakar rally, in the Dakar rally. I just get goosebumps when I think of it. Right. So on that note, Fernando Alonso... Let's get you to even race in Formula E because basically you should just race in everything you can. And Formula E also seems like such an interesting series. Sorry to burst your bubble, Kunal, but I'm told that Alonso's motorsport calendar uh, might not be able to support his participation in the rally this year. But Fernando Alonso, we know you're listening. Please do consider racing in the Dakar rally. You know, we're just so pleased that your world has so many possibilities outside of Formula One. That is is so true. Outside of Formula 1, you know, it's it's so good to see him have the best racing teams available at his disposable disposal still. And let me put it this way, a lot of people, you know, have been saying that Alonso has moved series, but he's racing with Toyota and they are dominating WEC. But guys, that's how it is. When you are the best in your sport, the best teams do come calling. We've seen it happen in football. We've seen it happen in every other team sport as well. And why not in the case of Fernando Alonso? 
Yeah, and you know, Kunal, we've seen so many world championship winning drivers just retire in the past and possibly just pick up the microphone or start racing in some really unknown series. But then there's Fernando Alonso. He's out there. He's still in his prime after Formula One. He's still winning in some of the best series, you know, absolutely an inspiration. Yes, but Fernando Alonso, here's one very simple request. Please consider a name change for your racing team. Right now, it says Fernando Alonso Racing Team or Fart. (laughs) Okay, Kodal. (laughs) Okay, so guys, I have only one point in this week's What Wolf Said This Week section. I'm sorry to disappoint y'all. Toto Wolf said that Mercedes knew why Vettel was slow in Australia. Well, I hope they did a knowledge transfer with Ferrari on that because I'm not sure if Ferrari figured why they were slow in Australia. Yeah, and Toto Wolf is sure that Ferrari will bounce back in Bahrain, fingers crossed. Much like Ferrari is sure that they will bounce back in Bahrain. Yeah, I believe Ferrari were just waiting to change their name back to Scuderia Ferrari. Mission win now before starting to win again in 2019, (laughs) you know. I think they're focusing on actually delivering the sponsor message in Bahrain. You know something, I haven't done my research on this, but I really wonder if Ferrari have won a single race since they named themselves... Scuderia Ferrari mission win now. But Ferrari will hog the headlines in and after Bahrain, even if they don't win. Because Mick Schumacher is set to make his Formula 1 debut. And honestly, I think, in my view, it's it's been a little too soon. A season too soon, if I may say so. And I thought, I thought they would wait till he would complete at least one season in Formula 2 before putting him in a Formula 1 car. But again, Ferrari and Schumacher's management seem to know better. I just hope that this promotion is for performance and not like PR reasons. But Kunal, Mick will drive the Ferrari on the first day and then the Alfa Romeo. That is some honour. Yes, that is some honour, but I still stick to my math. Mick would drive a Ferrari by 2024 or thereabouts. Finally, Jacques will know he needs to be like wrapped on his knuckles or something for this really lame statement on Robert Kubica. Uh, So he said that Formula One is king class and that it's not good for the sport if someone with a disability can participate. That is so crass. I know, right? Like, he just seems to be hell-bent on missing the point. Well, all I can say that is Robert Kubica's only pole in Formula One was at the 2008 Bahrain Grand Prix. So let's hope that the 2019 Bahrain Grand Prix resurrects his form, his career and his season in Formula One. Okay, so now on to the moments in time section with Lucien as we look back to all the memorable moments from the Bahrain Grand Prix. Welcome to Formula One Moments in Time on the Inside Line with Lucien Byfield from South Australia. The Bahrain Grand Prix was first held in 2004 and we saw Michael Schumacher take his only win there. In some ways, Bahrain has been boring. It earned the nickname Bahrain for its small crowds and visually unappealing setting with desert sand everywhere, which drivers have complained of regarding it also being on the track. Interestingly, due to political unrest, the race was cancelled in 2011, and in 2012 it almost got cancelled again. But this race was to become one of the great night races. Nico Rosberg made his debut here when the race briefly held the opening slot on the 2006 calendar, and he came 7th scoring two points in the Williams-Cosworth as Mark Webber's teammate. But, notably, he got the fastest lap. No wonder Webber called him Brittany. Interestingly, this is the race and year which convinced me that Fernando Alonso really had the magic. 
because of the way he came out of the pits and took on Shuey despite cold tyres and held his ground into Turn 1. Robert Kubica created the sensational headline Pole on Pole in 2008 by scoring his first and to date only pole in the BMW Sauber. Romain Grosjean got his first podium here in 2012 and the podium for both 2012 and 2013 was identical being Vettel, Raikkonen and Grosjean. Kimi Raikkonen has never won on this track but has eight podiums and some other placings too. Getting a podium this year would require a major miracle but you never know. Pierre Gasly came fourth in 2018 in the newly partnered Toro Rosso Honda, prompting him to taunt Alonso in repeating the now we can fight statement that Alonso had used regarding McLaren taking on Renault engines. Currently, Sebastian Vettel has the most wins, that being four, followed by Alonso on three, with Massa and Hamilton on two each. Nico Rosberg would finally win this race in 2016, but it was his 2012 race that showed us a sign of things to come. Having finally won a race in Formula 1, the previous round in China, he decided that driving like an ass was the way to go, and he had some on-track skirmishes with Hamilton and Alonso, prompting further investigation post-race. He literally shoved Hamilton off track, and Alonso was furious with him too. Jarno Trulli was to give his new Toyota team its first podium here in 2005, and he did score a pole too in 2009. Felipe Massa had two dominant years here in Ferrari, where he looked unbeatable. Bahrain has often been the third race of the season, but has at times also been the first, second and fourth. In 2010 it was round one, and just as Red Bull were really starting to come to the fore, it was Fernando Alonso winning on debut for Ferrari helped by some Red Bull unreliability and a little help from his new teammate Felipe Massa. Massa was driving again for the first time after his horrific near-fatal accident in Hungary the previous year, and not many people seemed to notice that he outqualified Nando that weekend. So, to the night races. 2014 goes down in history as one of the all-time classic races, notably between teammates. Rumour has it that both Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg had engaged in illegal engine modes to race each other in a previous round, and this would happen again here. Now, depending on what you read, it is hard to tell who broke the rules first, the chicken or the egg, but whatever happened, it played a massive part in fueling the fire that day, and Hamilton barely beat Rosberg over the line. With the night racing, the issue with the boring panorama and desert sand was dealt with, the beautiful sparks that came from the undertrays of cars, normally not seen in bright daylight, gave cameramen their highlight of the year, possibly next to Abu Dhabi. There have been some pretty decent crashes too. Just ask Carlos Sainz, what on earth was he thinking when he slammed into the side of Lance Stroll in 2017? That was complete brain fade, and worse, he then tried to blame Lance. But the best crash I recall is between Pastor Maldonado and Esteban Gutierrez. In 2014, Maldonado torpedoed him, resulting in a flipped Sauber. Whoa, Pastor crashed Donaldo at his best. Recent form suggests Ferrari might have a good shot again here, with Vettel having won the last two races. And on testing form at least, ignoring Melbourne, they might be in with a crack. I think if Bottas, the bearded wonder, is to prove he really does have the mean streak, he had better repeat his Melbourne slaughterhouse display. If he does that, I will convert. That's it for Formula One Moments in Time on the Inside Line with Lucien Byfield from South Australia. Catch you later. 
Thank you so much, Lucien, for your music and your super well-researched content. Guys, as you all know, Lucien is a big fan from Australia. He's a professional musician and you can listen to his tunes on Bandcamp. He goes by the name Lucien Byfield. And as we sign off, here's our final input on what will actually impact your viewing experience of the Bahrain Grand Prix. The pit lane is nearly 430 meters long. It takes about 25 seconds to make a pit stop. Basically, the second longest pit stop on the 2019 calendar. So if teams make the race a one-stopper, you should know why. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you after the Bahrain Grand Prix. And let's really hope that it's a cracker from start to finish. Adios! If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter.